of the world's desires, our late edict shall strongly stand in force. Navarre shall be the wonder of the world. Our court shall be a little academe, still and contemplative in living art. You three, Baroon, Dumaine, and Longaville have sworn for three years' term to live with me, my fellow scholars, and to keep those statutes that are recorded in this schedule here. Your oaths are passed, and now subscribe your names, that his own hand may strike his honor down that violates the smallest branch herein. If you are armed to do as sworn to do, subscribe to your deep oaths and keep it too. I am resolved. Tis but three years fast. The mind shall banquet through the body pine. <laughs> My loving lord, Dumaine is mortified. Bah! To love, to wealth, to pomp, I'd pine and die with all these living in philosophy. I can, but say their protestation over. So much, dear liege, I have already sworn, that is, to live and study here three years. But there are other strict observances, as not to see a woman in that term, which I hope well is not enrolled there. And one day in a week to touch no food, and but one meal on every day besides? The which I hope is not enrolled there. And then to sleep but three hours in the night and not to be seen a wink of all the day, which I hope is not enrolled there. Oh, ho, ho, these are barren tasks. Too hard to keep. Not to see ladies study fast, not sleep. Your oath is passed to pass away from these. Let me say no, my liege. And if you please, I, I, I only swore to study with your grace and stay in your court for three years space. You swore to that, Baroon, and to the rest. Ah, by yay and nay, sir. Then I swore in jest. <laughs> what is the end of study? Let me know. Why, that to know which else we should not know. Things hid and barred, you mean, from common sense? Aye, that is study's godlike recompense. Come on, then. I will swear to study so. To know the thing I am forbid to know, as thus to study where I well may dine, when I too feast expressly am forbid. <laughs> or or study where to meet some mistress fine when mistresses from common sense are hid. Or having sworn too hard a keeping oath, study to break it and not break my troth. If study gains be thus and this be so, study knows that which yet it doth not know. Swear me to this and I will ne'er say no. These be the stops that hinder study quite and train our intellects to vain delight. <laughs> Why? All delights are vain. And that most vain, which with pain purchased doth inherit pain, as painfully to pour upon a book to seek the light of truth, while truth the while doth falsely blind the eyesight of his look. Light seeking light doth light of light beguile. So ere you find where the light in darkness lies, your light grows dark by losing of your eyes. Study me how to please the eye indeed. 
by fixing it upon a fairer eye, whose dazzling so <laughs> that I shall be his heed and give him light that it was blinded by. Study is like 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 the heaven's glorious sun that will not deep search its saucy looks. Small have continual plotters one save authority from other books. How well he's read to reason against reading. Proceeded well to stop all good proceeding. He weeds the corn and still lets grow the weeding. The spring is near when green geese are a-breeding. How follows that? Oh, fit in his place in time. <laughs> in reason, nothing. Something then in rhyme. Prune is like an envious sneeping frost that bites the firstborn infants of the spring. Ah, well, say I am. Why should proud summer boast before the birds have any cause to sing? At Christmas, I no more desire a rose than wish a snow in May's newfangled shows. By like of each thing in the season grows, so you, to study now, it's too late. Climb o'er the house to unlock the little gate. Well, sit you out. Go home, Baroon. Adieu. <sighs> no, my good lord. I have sworn to stay with you. Give me the paper. Let me read the same, and to the strictest decrees, I'll write my name. How well this yielding rescues thee from shame. <sighs> Item, that no woman shall come within a mile of my court. Had this been proclaimed four days ago? Let's see the penalty. On the pain of losing her tongue... Who devised this penalty? Mary, that did I. Sweet Lord, and why? To fright them hence with that dread penalty. A dangerous law against gentility. Item. If any man be seen to talk with a woman within the terms of three years, he shall endure such public shame as the rest of the court can possible devise. Oh. <laughs> this article, my liege, yourself must break. For well you know, here comes an embassy, the French king's daughter, with yourself to speak. A maid of grace and complete majesty, about to surrender up Aquitaine to her decrepit, sick, and bedrid father. Therefore, this article <laughs> is made in vain, or, or vainly comes the admired princess hither. What say you, lords? Uh, why, this was quite forgot. We must, a force, dispense with this decree. Uh, she must lie here on... Mere necessity. Necessity will make us all forsworn. Three thousand times within three years' space. For every man with his effects is born, not by might, mastered, but by special grace. If I break my faith, this word shall speak for me. I am forsworn on mere necessity. Oh. So, to the laws at large, I write my name, and he that breaks them in the least decree stands attainder of eternal shame. Suggestions are to other as to me, but I believe, although I seem so loath, I am the last that will keep his oath. <laughs> but is there no quick recreation granted? Aye, that there is. Our court, you know, is haunted with a refined traveler of Spain. This child of fancy, that armado height, for interim to our studies shall relate in high-born words the worth of many a night from twenty Spain lost in the world's debate. How you delight, my lords, I know not, I, but I protest I love to hear him lie, and I will use him for my minstrelsy. <laughs> Coster the swain shall be our sport, and so to study three years? Is but short. Which is
is the Duke's own person. This fellow, what wouldst? I myself reprehend his own person, for I am his grace's Farborough. But I would see his own person in flesh and blood. This is he. Signor Arm... Arm commends you. There's villainy abroad. This letter will tell you more. Sir, the contempts thereof are as touching me. A letter from the magnificent Armada. How low soever the matter. I hope in God for high words. A high hope for a low heaven. God grant us patience! The matter is to me, sir, as concerning Jacquinetta. The matter of it is, I was taken with the manner. In what manner? In manner and form following, sir. All those three. I was seen with her in the manor house, sitting with her upon the form, and taken following her into the park, which put together is in manner and form following. Now, sir, for the manner, it is the manner of a man to speak to a woman for the form. <laughs> in some form. <laughs> Will you hear this letter with attention? As we would hear an oracle. Such is the simplicity of man to hearken after the flesh. Great deputy, the Welkin's vice-sergeant, and sole dominator of Navarre, my soul's earth's god and body's fostering patron. <laughs> Not a word of custard yet. So it is. It may be so, but if he say it is so, he is in telling true, but... So, Peace. be to me and every man that dares not fight. No words. Of other men's secrets, I beseech you. Ah, so it is. Besieged with sable-colored melancholy, as I am a gentleman, betook myself to walk. The time when, about the sixth hour, when beasts most graze, birds best peck, and men sit down to that nourishment which is called supper. So much for the time when, now for the ground which, which I mean I walked upon, then for the place where, uh, where I mean I did encounter that obscene and most preposterous event that draweth from my snow-white pen the ebon-colored ink, but to the place where it standeth north-north-east by east from the west quarter of thy curious knotted garden, there. Did I see that low-spirited swain, that base minnow of thy mirth? Me? That unlettered, small-knowing soul? Me? That shallow vassal? Still me. Which I remembered I'd cost her. Oh, me. Sorted and consorted, contrary to thy established proclaimed edict and continued canyon, which with... Oh, with, but with this I passion to say, wherewith? With a wench. With a child of our grandmother Eve, a female. Or, for thy more sweet understanding, a woman. Him I have sent to thee to receive the meed of punishment by thy sweet graces officer, Anthony Dull, a man of good repute, carriage bearing and estimation. Me and shall please you, I am Anthony Dull. For Jacquinetta, so is the weaker vessel called, which I apprehended with the aforesaid swain. I keep her as a vessel of thy law's fury, and shall, at the least of thy sweet notice, bring her to trial. Thine, in all compliments of devoted and heart-burning heat of duty. <laughs> 
Don Adriano de Armado. <laughs> so well as I looked for, but the best that I ever I had. Best for the worst. <laughs> but, Sira, what say you to this? Sir, I confess the wench. Did you hear the proclamation? I do confess much of the hearing it, but little of the marking of it. It was proclaimed a year's imprisonment to be taken with a wench. I was taken with none, sir. I was taken with a damsel. Oh, well, it was proclaimed damsel. This was no damsel, <laughs> neither, sir. She was a virgin. It is so very too, for it was proclaimed virgin. If it were, I deny her virginity. I was taken with a maid. This maid will not serve your turn, sir. This maid will serve my turn, sir. Sir! I will pronounce your sentence. You shall fast a week with bran and water. I had rather pray a month with mutton and porridge. And Don Armado shall be your keeper! <laughs> My lord Baroon, uh, see him delivered or, and go we lords, to put in practice that which each to other hath so strongly sworn. I'll lay my head to any good man's hat. These oaths and laws will prove an idle scorn. Sirrah, <laughs> come on. I suffer for the truth, sir. For true it is, I was taken with Jacquinetta, and Jacquinetta is a true girl. <laughs> and therefore, welcome the sour cup of prosperity. Affliction may one day smile again. Until then, sit thee down, sorrow. spirit grows melancholy. A great sign, sir, that he will look sad. Why, sadness is one and self-same thing, dear imp. No, no, oh, Lord, sir, no. How canst thou part sadness and melancholy, my tender juvenile? By a familiar demonstration of the working, my tough senor. Why tough senor? Why, tough senor? Why, tender juvenile? Why, tender juvenile? I spoke of tender juvenile as a congruent epithet appertaining to thy young days, which we may nominate tender. And I, tough senor, as an appurtenant title to your old time, which we may name tough. Pretty and apt. How mean you, sir? I pretty and my saying apt, or I apt and my saying pretty? Thou pretty because little. Little pretty because little? Wherefore apt? And therefore apt because quick. Speak you this in my praise, master? In thy condign praise. I will praise an eel with the same praise. What, that an eel is ingenious? That an eel is quick. I do say thou art quick and answers. Thou hatest my blood. I am answered, sir. I love not to be crossed. He speaks the mere contrary. Cross is love, not him. I will hereupon confess I am in love. And as it is base for a soldier to love, so am I in love with a base one. I, I think scorn sigh. Methinks I should outswear Cupid. Comfort me, boy. What great men have been in love? Hercules, master. Most sweet Hercules. More, more authority, dear. Boy, name more. And sweet, my child, let them be men of good repute and carriage. Samson, master, he was a man of good carriage, great carriage, for he carried the town gates on his back like a porter, and he was in love. Oh, well, knit, Samson, strong, jointed Samson. I do excel thee in my rapier as much as thou didst me in my carrying gates. I am in love, too. Who 
was Samson's love, my dear Moth? A woman, master. Of what complexion? Of the seawater green, sir. Greed indeed is the color of lovers, but to have a love of that color, methinks Samson had small reason for it. He surely affected her for her wit. It was so, sir, for she had a green wit. My love is most immaculate, white and red. Most immaculate thoughts, master, are masked under such colors. Define. Define, well-educated infant. If she be made of white and red, her faults will ne'er be known. For blushing cheeks by faults are bred, and fears by pale white shone. And if she fear or be to blame, by this you shall not know. For still her cheeks possess the same, which native she doth owe. A dangerous rhyme, master, against the reason of white and red. Boy, I do love that country girl that I took in the park with a rational hand custard. She deserves well. To be whipped, and yet a better love than my master. Sing, boy, my spirit grows heavy in love. And that's a great marvel, loving a light wench. I say, sing. Forbear till this company be passed. Sir, the Duke's pleasure is that you keep custard safe. And you must suffer him to take no delight, no nor penance, but he must fast three days a week. For this damsel, I must keep her at the park. Fare you well. I do betray myself with blushing, maid. Man. I will visit thee at the lodge. That's hereby. I know where it is situate. Lord, how wise you are. I will tell thee wonders. <laughs> With that face? I love thee. So I heard you say. And so, farewell. <clears throat> Fair weather after you. <clears throat> Come, Jacquinetta, away! Villain, thou shalt fast for thy offenses ere thou be pardoned. Well, sir, I hope when I do it, I shall do it on a full stomach. Take away this villain! Shut him up! Come, you transgressing knave, away! Let me not be pent up, sir. I will fast being loose. No, sir, that were fast and loose, thou shalt to prison. The merry days of desolation that I have seen, some shall see... What shall some see? Nay, nothing, Master Moth, but what they look upon. It is not for prisoners to be too silent in their words, and therefore I will say nothing. I thank God I have as little patience as another man, and therefore, I can be quiet. <laughs> I do affect the very ground, which is base, wear her shoe, which is baser, guided by her foot, which is base, is, doth tread. I shall be forsworn, which is a great argument of falsehood. If I love, there is no evil angel but love. Yet was Samson so tempted, and he had Excellent strength, yet was Solomon so seduced, and he had very good wit. 
Cupid's butt shaft is too hard for Hercules's club, and therefore too much odds for a Spaniard's rapier. Adieu, Valor, rust rapier, be still, drum, for your manager is in love. Yeah, he loveth, assist me, some extemporal god of rhyme, for I am sure I shall turn sonnet, devise wit, write pen, for I am for whole volumes in folio. Now, madam, summon up your dearest spirits. Consider who the king your father sends, to whom he sends, and what's his embassy. Yourself held precious in the world's esteem to parley with the sole inheritor of all perfections that a man may owe, matchless Navarre. The plea of no less weight than Aquitaine, a dowry for a queen. Be now as prodigal of all dear grace as nature was in making graces dear when she did starve the general world besides and prodigally gave them all to you. <laughs> Good Lord Boyer, my beauty though but mean needs not the painted flourish of your praise. My beauty is bought by judgment of the eye, not uttered by base sale of Chapman's tongues. Mm -hmm. But now to task the tasker. Good Boyer, you are not ignorant, all telling fame, doth noise abroad, Navarre hath made a vow. Till painful study shall outwear three years, no woman may approach his silent court. Ugh. Therefore, twos seem it a needful course, before we enter his forbidding gates, to know his pleasure, and in that behalf, bold of your worthiness, we single you as our best moving fair solicitor. Tell him the daughter of the king of France, on serious business, craving quick dispatch, importunes a personal conference with his grace. Proud of employment, willingly I go. All pride is willing pride, and yours is so. Who are the votaries, my loving lords, that are vow fellows with this virtuous duke? Lord Longaville is one. Oh, <laughs> know you the man? <laughs> I know him, madam. At a marriage feast in Normandy saw I this Longaville. A man of sovereign parts, he is esteemed. <laughs> well fitted in the arts, glorious in arms. <laughs> Nothing becomes him ill that he would well. The only soil of his fair virtue's gloss, if virtue's gloss will stain with any soil, is a sharp wit, matched with too blunt a will. Whose edge hath power to cut? Whose will still wills? It should none spare that come within his power. <laughs> Some merry mocking lord be like, is so. <laughs> they say so most that most his humors know. Such short-lived wits do wither as they grow. Who are the rest? The young Dumaine, a well-accomplished youth of all that virtue loved for virtue loved. Most power to do most harm, least knowing ill. For he hath wit to make an ill shape good, and shape to win grace, though he had no wit. <laughs> I saw him at the Duke Allenson's once, and much too little of that good I saw is my report to his great worthiness. Another of these students at that time was there with him, if I've heard a truth. 
Baroon, they call him, but a merrier man within the limit of becoming mirth. I never spent an hour's talk with all. His eye begets occasion for his wit, for every object that the one doth catch, the other turns into a mirth-moving jest, which his fair tongue can expostor delivers in such apt and gracious words that aged ears play truant at his tales, and younger hearings are quite ravished, so sweet and voluble in his discourse. Hmm. God bless my ladies, are they all in love? That every one her own hath garnished with such bedecking ornaments of praise? <gasps> Here comes Boyer! Now what admittance, Lord? Navarre had notice of your fair approach, and he and his competitors in oath were all addressed to meet you, gentle lady, before I came. Mary, thus much I have learned. He rather means to lodge you in the field, like one that comes here to besiege his court, than seek a dispensation for his oath to let you enter his unpeopled house. Here comes Navarre. Fair princess, welcome to the court of Navarre. There I give you back again, and welcome I have not yet. The roof of this court is too high to be yours, and welcome to the wide fields too base to be mine. You shall be welcome, madam, to my court. I will be welcome then. Conduct me thither. Hear me, dear lady, I have sworn an oath. Our lady help my lord, he'll be forsworn. Not for the world. Fair madam, but by my will. Why, will shall break it. Will and nothing else. Your ladyship is ignorant what it is. Were my lord so, his ignorance were wise. Were you now, his knowledge must prove ignorance. I hear your grace has sworn out housekeeping. Tis deadly sin to keep that oath, my lord, and sin to break it. But pardon me, I am too sudden bold to teach a teacher ill beseemeth me, and vouchsafe to read the purpose of my coming, and suddenly resolve me in my suit. Madam, I will, if suddenly I may. <laughs> for you will the sooner that I were away, for you'll prove perjured if you make me stay. Did I not dance with you in Brabant once? Did I not dance with you in Brabant once? Uh, I know you did. But how needless was it then to ask the question? You must not be so quick. It's long of you that spur me with such questions. Oh, your wit's too hot, it speeds too fast, till tire. Not till it leave the rider in the mire. What time of day? The hour that fools should ask. Now fair befall your mass. Fair fall the face it covers. And send you many lovers. Oh man. So you be none. Nay, then will I be gone. Madam, your, your father here doth intimidate the payment of a hundred thousand crowns. Uh, but say that he or we as neither have received that sum, yet there remains unpaid a hundred thousand more in surety of the which one part of Aquitaine is bound to us. <laughs> uh, if then the king your father will restore but that one half which is unsatisfied, we will give up our right in Aquitaine and hold fair friendship with his majesty. But that, it seems, he little purposeth, for here he doth demand to have repaid a hundred thousand crowns, and not demands one payment of a hundred thousand crowns to have his title live in Aquitaine. Dear princess, um, were not his request so far from reasons yielding, your fair self should make a yielding against some reason in my breast, and go well satisfied to France again. <laughs> 
You do the king my father too much wrong, and the wrong the reputation of your name, in so unseeming to confess receipt of that which hath so faithfully been paid. I do protest I never heard of it, and if you prove it, I'll repay it back or yield up Aquitaine. We rest your word, Boyer, you can produce acquittances for such a sum from special officers of Charles his father. Satisfy me so. <laughs> Still please, your grace, the packet is not come where that and other specialties are bound. Tomorrow you shall have a sight of them. It shall suffice me, at which interview all liberal reason I will yield unto. Meantime, receive such welcome at my hand, as honor, without breach of honor, may make tender of to thy true worthiness. You may not come. Fair princess, within my gates, uh, but here without you shall be so received as you shall deem yourself lodged in my heart. Uh, uh, though so denied fair arbor in my house, your own good thoughts excuse me, and farewell. <laughs> Tomorrow shall we visit you again. Sweet health and fair desires consort your grace. <laughs> Thy own wish, wish I thee in every place. <laughs> Lady, I will commend you to my own heart. Pray you, do my commendations. I would be glad to see it. I would you heard it groan. <laughs> it's the fool sick. Sick at the heart. Alack, let it blood. Would that do it good? My physic says I. Will you prick it with your eye? No point with my knife. Now God save thy life. And yours from long living. I cannot stay Thanksgiving. Sir, I pray you a word. What lady is that saying? Uh, the heir of Allinson, Catherine, her name. A gallant lady, monsieur. Fare you well. I beseech you, a word. What is she in the white? A woman, sometimes, and you saw her in the light. Perchance light in the light. I desire her name. She hath but one for herself. To desire that were a shame. Pray you, sir. Whose daughter? Her mother's, I have heard. God's blessing on your beard. Good sir, be not offended. She is an heir of Falconbridge. Nay, my choler is ended. She is a most sweet lady. <laughs> not unlike, sir, that may be. What's her name in the cap? Rosalind by good hap. Is she wedded or, or no? To her will, sir, or so. Uh, you are welcome, sir. Adieu. Farewell to me, sir, and welcome to you. The last is Barone, the merry madcap lord. Not a word with him, but a jest. And every jest but a word. It was well done of you to take him at his word. I was as willing to grapple as he was to board. Two hot sheeps, Mary. And wherefore not ships? No sheep, sweet lamb, unless we feed on your lips. You sheep and I pasture. Shall that finish the jest? Good wits will be jangling, but gentles agree the civil war of wits were much better used on Navarre and his bookmen. For here tis abused. If my observation, which very seldom lies, by the heart still rhetoric disclosed with eyes, deceive me not now, Navarre is infected. With what? With that which we lovers entitle affected. Your reason? Why, all his behaviors did make their retire to the court of his eye, peeping thorough desire. His tongue, all impatient to speak and not see, did stumble with haste in his eyesight to be. All senses to that sense did make their repair to feel only looking on fairest 
worst affair. His face's own margin to quote such amazes that all eyes saw his eyes enchanted with gazes. I'll give you Aquitaine and all that is his, and you give him, but for my sake, one loving kiss. Mwah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come to our pavilion. Boyer is disposed. But to speak that in words which his eye hath disclosed. I only have made a mouth of his eye by adding a tongue, which I know will not lie. Thou art an old lover-monger, and speakest skillfully. He is Cupid's grandfather, and learns news of him. Do you <laughs> hear, my mad wenches? <laughs> no. What then do you see? I, our way to be gone. You are too hard for me. Child, make passionate my sense of hearing. Is it not sure a deadly pain to you? I say that lovers be when faithful hearts must needs refrain the one, the other for to see. Are you assured ye may trust me? Of all the pains that ever I knew, it is a pain that most I rue. Of all the pains that ever I knew, it is a pain that most I rue. Sweet air, go tenderness of years. Take this key, give enlargement to the swain, bring him festinately hither. I must employ him in a letter to my love. Master, will you win your love with a French brawl? But oh, but oh. The hobby horse is forgot. Callest thou my love a hobby horse? No, master, the hobby horse is but a colt, and your love perhaps a hackney. But have you forgot your love? Almost I had. Negligent student, learn her by heart. By heart and in heart, boy. Fetch hither the swain. He must carry me a letter. A message well sympathized, a horse to be ambassador for an ass. <laughs> what sayest thou? Mary, sir, you must send the ass upon the horse, for he is very slow-gated. But I go. The way is but short. Away! As swift as lead, sir. Thy meaning, pretty ingenious, is not a metal heavy, dull, and slow. Minnie may, honest master, or rather, master, no. I say, lead is slow. You are too swift, sir, to say so. Is that lead slow which is fired from a gun? Sweet smoke of rhetoric! He reputes me a cannon and the bullet, and that's he. I shoot thee at the swain. Thump, then I flee. A most acute, juvenile, voluble, and free of grace. Be thy favor, sweet welkin, I must sigh in thy face. Most rude, melancholy, valor gives thee place. My herald is returned. A wonder, master, here's a costard broken in the shin. Oh, thou hast no feeling of it, moth. I will speak... That lovois, I, Coster, running out, that was safely with him, fell over the threshold and broke my shin. 
We will talk no more of this matter. Don't there be more matter in the shin. Sirrah, Custard, I will enfranchise thee. Ooh. I give thee thy liberty, set thee from durance, and in lieu thereof impose on thee nothing but this. Bear this significant to the countrymaid, Jacqueline. There is a remuneration, for the best ward of mine honor is rewarding my dependence. Ma, follow. Like the sequel, I... Signor Custard, adieu. My sweet ounce of man's flesh. Now will I look to his remuneration. Remuneration. Oh, that's the Latin word for three farthings. Three farthings remuneration. What's the price of this ankle? One penny? No, I'll give you a remuneration. Why, it carries it. Remuneration. Why, it is a fairer name than French crown. I will never buy and sell out of this word. My good knave Costard, exceedingly well net. Pray you, sir, how much carnation ribbon may a man buy for a remuneration? What is a remuneration? Marry, sir, half penny farthing. Oh, why then, three farthing worth of silk. I thank your worship. God be with you. Oh, stay, knave. I must employ thee, as thou wilt win my favor, good my knave. <laughs> Do one thing for me that I shall entreat. When would you have it done, sir? This afternoon. Yes, I will do it, sir. Very well. What thou knowest not what it is. I shall know, sir, when I have done it. What? what why? <laughs> Villain, thou must know it first. I will come to your worship tomorrow morning. It must be done this afternoon. Hark, knave. <laughs> it is but this. The princess comes to hunt here in the park, and in her train there is a gentle lady. When tongues speak sweetly, then they name her name, and Rosalind they call her. Okay. <clears throat> Ask her her, and to her white hand see thou do commend this sealed-up council. There's thy guerdon. <laughs> Go! Guard. Oh, sweet Gardon! Better than remuneration. Eleven pence farthing better. Most sweet Gardon! I will do it, sir, in print. Gardon. Remuneration. And I, forsooth, am love. I, that have been love's whip. A very beetle to a humorous sigh, a critic, nay, a night watch constable, a, a domineering pedant or the boy, then whom no mortal so magnificent, this this wimpled, whining, pure blind, wayward boy, th this senior, junior, giant dwarf, Dan Cupid, regent of love rhymes, lord of a folded arms, the anointed sovereign of sighs and groans, lead of all loiterers and, and malcontent, dread prince of plackets, king of codpieces, sole imperator and great general of trotting baritars. Ah! Oh, my little heart. Ugh. And I... To be a corporal of his field and, and wear his colors like a tumbler's hoop? What? I love, I sue, I seek a wife? A, a woman that is like a German clock, still repairing, ever out of frame, but being watched. Oh, that it may still go right. Oh, uh, nail to be perjured. 
which is the worst of all, and among three to love the worst of all. A whitely wanton with a velvet brow with two pitch balls stuck in her face for eyes. Aye, and by heaven, one that will do the deed. Oh, the Argus were her eunuch and her guard, and I sigh for her, to watch for her, to pray for her. Oh, go to, it is a plague that Cupid will impose for my neglect of his almighty dreadful little mite. <sighs> well, well, <laughs> I will love, write, sigh, pray. Sue groaned. Some men must love my lady, and some, Joan. Was that the king that spurred his horse so hard against the steep uprising of the hill? Oh, no, not. But I think it was not he. Well, lords, today we shall have our dispatch, or Saturday we will return to France. Then, Forrester, my friend, where is the bush that we must stand and play the murder in? Hereby, upon the edge of yonder coppice, a stand where you may make the fairest shoot. Here comes a member of the Commonwealth. God dig you, Denall. Pray you. Which is the head lady? Thou shalt know her, fellow, by the rest that have no heads. Which is the greatest lady? The highest? The thickest and the tallest? The thickest and the tallest. It is so. Truth is truth. Are not you the chief woman? You are the thickest here. <laughs> What's your will, sir? What's your will? I have a letter from Monsieur Beru to one lady Rosaline. Oh, thy letter, thy letter. He's a good friend of mine. Stand aside, good bearer. Boyer, you can carve. Break up this capon. I am bound to serve. This letter is mistook. It importeth none here. It is writ to Jacquinetta. We will read it, I swear. Break the neck of the wax and give everyone ear. <clears throat> By heaven, that thou art fair is most infallible. True, that thou art beauteous. Truth itself, that thou art lovely. More fairer than fair, beautiful than beauteous, truer than truth itself. Have commiseration on thy heroical vassal. Shall I command thy love? I may. Shall I enforce thy love? I could. Shall I entreat thy love? I will. What shalt thou exchange for rags? Robes, for tittles, titles, for thyself, me. Thus, expecting thy reply, I profane my lips on thy foot, my eyes on thy picture, and my heart on thy every part. Thine in the dearest design of industry, Don Adriano de Armado. What plume of feathers is he that indicted this letter? What vein, what weathercock? Did you ever hear better? I am much deceived, but I remember the style. Else your memory is bad, going o'er your while. This armado is a Spaniard that keeps here in court. A phantasm, a monarcho, one that makes sport to the prince and his bookmates. Thou, fellow, a word? Who gave thee this letter? I told you, my lord. To whom shouldst thou give it? For my lord, to my lady. From which lord to which lady? From my lord Baroon, a good master of mine, to a lady of France that he called Rosaline. Thou hast mistaken this letter. Come, lords, away. Here, sweet, put up this. Twill be thine another day. Who is the shooter? Who is the shooter? Shall I teach you to know? 
I'm a continent of beauty. Why, she that bears the bow, finally put off. And who is your dear? If we choose by the horns, yourself come not near, finally put on indeed. You still wrangle with her, Boyer, and she strikes at the brow. But she herself is hit lower. Have I hit her now? Thou canst not hit it, hit it, hit it. Thou canst not hit it, my good man. And I cannot, 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 and I cannot, another can. By my troth, most pleasant. How both did fit it. A mark marvelous well shot, for they both did hit it. She's too hard for you at pricks, sir. Challenge her to bow. I fear too much rubbing. Good night, my good owl. By my soul, a swain, a most simple clown. Lord, Lord, how the ladies and I have put him down. Armado was one side. Oh, a most dainty man. To see him walk before a lady and bear. To see him walk before a lady and to bear her fan. To see him kiss his hand. And how most sweetly he will swear. And ah, uh, and his page at other side. That handful of wit. Ah, heavens, it is a most pathetical knit. Sola! Sola! A very reverend sport, truly, and done in the testimony of a good conscience. Uh, the deer was, as you know, sanguis in blood, ripe as palm water, who now hangeth like a jewel in the ear of Kylo, the sky, the welkin, the heaven, and anon falleth like a crab on the face of Terra, the soil, the land, the earth. Truly, Master Holofernes, the epithets are sweetly varied, like a scholar at the least. But, sir, I assure you, it was a buck of the first head. Sir Nathaniel, odd credo. Twas not a odd gray doe, twas a pricket. Most barbarous intimation! Yet a kind of insinuation, as it were, in via, in way of explication. Facire, as it were, replication, or rather, ostentare to show, as it were, his inclination after his undressed, unpolished, uneducated, unpruned, untrained, or rather unlettered, or rather rest, unconfirmed fashion, to insert again my odd credo for a deer. I said the deer was not a odd gray doe, twas a pricket. Twice odd simplicity, biscottus. Oh, thou monster ignorance! How deformed dost thou look! Uh, sir, he hath uh, never said of the dainties that are bred in a book. He hath not eat paper, as it were. He hath not drunk ink. His intellect is not replenished. He is only an animal, only sensible in the duller parts. You two are bookmen. Can you tell me by your wit what was a month old at Cain's birth that's not five weeks old as yet? Dictina, good man doll, Dictina, good man doll. What is Dictina? A title to Phoebe, to Luna, to the moon. The moon was a month old when Adam was no more. And rot not to five weeks when he came to five score. The illusion holds in the exchange. Tis true indeed. The collusion holds in the exchange. God comfort thy capacity. I say the illusion holds in the exchange. And I say the pollution holds in the exchange. For the moon is never but a month old. 
And I say besides that, t'was a pricket that the princess killed. Uh, Sir Nathaniel, will you hear an extemporal epitaph on the deer and to humor the ignorant? Call I the deer the princess killed a pricket? Perge, good master Holofernes, a perge. So it shall please you to abrogate scurrility. I will something affect the letter, for it argues facility. <coughs> The prayful princess pierced and pricked a pretty pleasing pricket. Some say a sore, but not a sore, till now made sore with shooting. The dogs did yell, put L to sore, then sore or jump from thicket. Or pricket sore, or else sore out, the people fall a hooting. <laughs> if sore be sore, then L to sore makes fifty sores, oh sorrel. Of one sore I and hundred make by adding but one more L. A rare a talent. If a talent be a claw, look how he claws him with a talent. This is a gift that I have. Simple, simple. A foolish, extravagant spirit full of forms, figures, shapes, objects, ideas, apprehensions, motions, revolutions. But the gift is good in those whom it is acute, and I am thankful for it. Sir, I praise the Lord for you, and so may my parishioners, for their sons are well tutored by you, and their daughters profit very greatly under you. You are a good member of the commonwealth. Miracle! If their sons be ingenious, they shall want no instruction. If their daughters be capable, I will put it to them. But who is a peace qui poca loquitir? A soul feminine saluteth us. Good master parson, be so good as read me this letter. It was given me by Costard and sent me from Don Armado. I beseech you, read it. Under pardon, sir, what are the contents? What, my soul, verses? Aye, sir, and very learned. Let me hear a staff, a stanza, a verse. Legge Domine. <coughs> if love make me forsworn, how shall I swear to love? Ah, never faith could hold if not to beauty vowed. Though to myself forsworn, to thee I'll faithful prove. Those thoughts to me were oaks, uh, to thee like osiers bowed. Study his bias leaves, and makes his book thine eyes, where all those pleasures live that art would comprehend. If knowledge be the mark, uh, to know thee shall suffice. Well learned is that tongue that well can thee commend. All ignorant, that soul that sees thee without wonder, which, which, which is... To me some praise that I thy parts admire, uh, thy eye, Jove's lightning bears, thy voice, his dreadful thunder, which not to anger bent is music and sweet fire, a celestial, as thou art, oh, pardon love this wrong, that sings heaven's pra that sings heaven's praise with such an earthly tongue. You find not the apostrophus, and so miss the accent. Let me supervise the consonant. Here are only numbers ratified, but for elegancy, facility, and golden cadence of poesy, correct. Ovidus Nasso was the man, 
And why indeed not so for smelling out the odiferous flowers of fancy. The jerks of invention. But, Demoiselle Virgin, was this directed to you? I, sir, from one Monsieur Brune, one of the strange queen's lords. I will overglance the superscript to the snow-white hands of the most beauteous lady, Rosaline. I will look again on the intellect of the letter for the nomination of the party writing to the person written unto your ladyships in all desired employment. Baroon. Sir Nathaniel, this Baroon is one of the votaries with the king. Here he hath framed a letter to a sequent of the stranger queens which accidentally, or by the way of progression, hath miscarried. Tribingo, my sweet, uh, deliver this paper into the royal hand of the king. It may concern much. Stay not thy compliment. I forgive thy duty. Adieu. Good costard. Go with me. Sir, God save your life. Have with thee, my girl. Sir, you have done this in the fear of God very religiously, and as a certain father saith. Sir, tell me not of the father. I do fear colorable colors. But to return to the verses, did they please you, Sir Nathaniel? Marvelous well for the pen. I do dine today at the father's of a certain pupil of mine, where if before repast it shall please you to gratify the table with a grace. I will on my privilege I have with the parents of the foresaid child or pupil undertake your benvenuto, where I will prove those verses to be very unlearned, neither savoring of poetry, wit, nor invention. I beseech your society. And thank you too, for society, saith the text, is the happiness of life. And certes, the text most infallibly concludes it. Sir, I do invite you too. You shall not say me nay. Away, the gentles are at their game, and we will to our recreation. I do forgive thy robbery, gentle thief. Although thou steal me all my poverty, and yet love knows it is a greater grief. 